Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. Dan John joins us today. And if you're in the strength and conditioning world, you definitely have heard of that name. He's an all-American discus thrower. He's also competed at the highest levels of uh, Olympic lifting, including the Highland Games. He's an author of several books, a few of which are Intervention, Never Let Go, and he's co-author of Fat Loss Happens on Monday with uh, Josh Hillis. And he also has uh, several uh, workshop DVDs out for, um, for purchase also. So without further ado, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this. Hey, well, thanks so much. This is great. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. This is, a, this is a really big pleasure of mine because I, I think um, as a young coach still myself and, and well, coach, a personal trainer, um, being in, in, the, in the business for just over 10 years now, I've always read your work. You've always kept things simple. You made it very digestible, mm-hmm. fun to read, um, very accessible also. So when I actually had the chance to reach out to you, I was like, why haven't I done this a long time ago? <laughs> so this, well, is, this is a pleasure. That's great. Here we are. Let's make it this, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, let's do it. So, so fill in some gaps here and, and tell us a little bit more about uh, your, your venture into strength and conditioning, starting out as an athlete. Well, here we go. Uh, well, even on the books, you know, I think, uh, I think I've written 14 now. Oh, and, uh, and so what happens is, for whatever reason, uh, you know, as we go, as you stand here and you look back over career, it's, I mean, I'm the youngest of six kids and we're all athletes. Uh, all good athletes. And uh, in 1965, uh, we got some money and bought the the Ted Williams Sears barbell. And that's when I first started lifting weights. And long after my brothers quit lifting, I kept at it. By the time, oh, probably 1969, 1970 rolled around, I'd been lifting weights, you know, two or three days a week. And I just did that for the heck the rest of my life, really. Yeah. Um, I started really in organized sports about 1971. Um, I wanted to be an American football player, and I, I was good. But uh, I, the discus, really, I was – I, I, the nice thing about track and field is everything you put into it, you get back at it. I ended up being uh, Utah State's uh, MVP, uh, competed, you know, uh, for – I threw the discus in competition for 40 years. Um, and I still throw – do Highland games still a little bit. I'll do an Olympic lifting meet once or twice a year, two or three Highland Games. Um, but, you know, my career starts in uh, 1967. That's my first trophy. So, and I got three trophies this year. So, I don't oh, know. wow. That's a, that's a fairly, that's 50 years of gathering hardware. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> that's my athletic career. And on the coaching side, I was just, uh, you know, it was kind of natural for me. I, I became right after I graduated from high school, Coach Mon, pardon me, college, Coach Mon asked me if I'd take care of the weight room because with the bodybuilders kind of taking over the weight room, uh, track athletes were lifting like bodybuilders, which actually can hurt performance. And 
So I might have been maybe the first track and field strength coach in America in some ways. I mean, I, I don't know of anybody else who was doing it formally wow. <laughs> in 79, which is just funny when you think about it because no one truly cares. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then for years, you know, I just kept, you know, I, I, I would help anybody anytime. And before you know it, you know, you suddenly you're looking up and you've got roomfuls of people. And that's kind of what happened. <laughs> no, not a lot of, not a lot of structure of planning. Um, no, <laughs> you know, just but that's, truthfully, that's okay. everything I, that's ever been worthwhile in my life has had a bit of, of, of serendipity with it. Um, this it's always been you know Schopenheimer's Schopenhauer's great insight that you know as you're walking through life you feel like it's just a bunch of anonymous collisions, but when you look back, it's a perfectly straight line. And I found yeah, that to be very yeah. true in my life. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's so true. And it's so interesting. The more strength and conditioning coaches and trainers that I talk to the, the route that everybody takes to get to where they are, you know, ultimately makes complete sense. But as you're doing it, it's just kind of like, well, now I'm doing this, now I'm doing this. And then when you look back, like you said, even though I've had, you know, yeah. um, you know, a third of what you've, you know, you've been through, I, I kind of look back and I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah. I, I, this totally makes sense. But as I'm doing yeah. it, I'm like, man, am I ever going to accomplish anything? <laughs> and, and you know, that's why I always tell people, you know, uh, you know, uh, the word passion means it actually comes from passios to suffer. And most people misunderstand the concept of passion. You know, you got to be willing to suffer for this thing. And I think yep. for me yep. in my yep. athletic career, I've, I've certainly suffered, you know, from anywhere from, from losses to surgeries to all kinds, you know, money, <laughs> all kinds of things. And in the coaching side, you know, I, I'm very passionate about what I do because, and it doesn't come across clear enough to the poor athlete is uh, the clock is ticking. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're a high school athlete, uh, there is, you, June's going to hit and you'll never do this again. After your last high school football game, you'll never put on a helmet again. Statistically, uh, right. it, it's, you're, you're going to, Suffer now so you don't suffer that terrible disease that's called, I wish I would have, you know, the rest of your life, you know. Yeah, man, that's, that's so true. Um, I, that, that's really interesting. I, I never knew that about passion because I, I talk a lot about that to, to trainers that are kind of, you know, that mm -hmm. I, teach a, I teach a class and I talk about, look, if you don't have a passion for this, but I'm going to have to definitely bring that up because if, if they don't, it's along the way. The passion means getting up at four o'clock in the morning. The passion means not getting home till eight o'clock. You know, yeah. you're missing time with friends on the weekend. You're missing time with, uh, with loved ones. And, um, but again, you look back on, you're like, wow, now I'm, you know, I, I built a schedule that I want. I'm working mm -hmm. with the people that I want. I'm helping people. I'm happy, mm -hmm. but it doesn't take, it's not overnight. It doesn't take three years. It doesn't take two years. It takes like five to 10 years. And finally you might see some progress. But let's, so let's scale back to uh, early on. Are you are you still an American record holder? Is it in Olympic weightlifting or is it in the Highland Games? That's in the weight pentathlon. Yeah, the pentathlon. Okay, okay. That's shot put, discus, hammer, javelin, and thirty five pound weight. Oh, that's awesome! And you're still you're still a record holder. I think so. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's awesome! That's so cool. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with that. I I I, I am I still compete in the discus. When it works out, uh, I find my master's track and field very difficult, to be honest with you. 
Um, my brother, who also does it, tells me they're they're getting better, but it's just it's still sometimes like a schoolyard event. It's funny. It's it's an absolute. Um, it's 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 like a you know, I don't know if you know what the barbell theory is, but it's a barbell. Either they treat the events like it's a schoolyard thing, or they have rules Nazis that oh, are yeah. just so. But there's you know there's no middle. There's no you know, okay, we're here to, you know, we're here. We've all spent a lot of money. Let's, let's have a great track meet. That's what I want. I don't, I mean, I've been yelled at for judges for coming on the wrong side of the table to turn my equipment. And it's like, dude, it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I, the littlest things. And then I'm down at a meet down at a, a here in Utah where the woman had obviously never thrown the discus before. And the ring judge was sa- said to her, just think about Hillary Clinton and try to hit her in the face with the discus. The Whoa. official, the official said that. And I thought, Whoa. not only is this disrespectful to a first lady of the United States, that's not how we throw the discus. This is not, yeah. it's not right. what's done. And it's not who we are as athletes. But so you put up with that nonsense and you wake up a, grumpy old man one day who yells at clouds you know <laughs> yeah, two two into the extremes yeah, there, yeah there's no there's no middle ground that's that's all over the uh fitness industry as a whole though so it, it, yeah unfortunately um so who were some of who are some of the people that influenced you as an athlete and then later on as a coach even though you kind of fell into the coaching thing on your own well, clearly, you know, Dick Notmeyer, uh, I can't speak highly enough about him. I talked to him yesterday. Dick's 86 years old, still lifts, still rides his bike, still walks. Um, he took me under his wing when I was uh, just out of high school. We teach me the Olympic lifts. Uh, in four months, I put on 40 pounds of body weight. Whoa. I went from being a pretty good high school discus thrower to a Division One athlete. And Dick, the nice thing about Dick is that uh, – Dick's world is very simple, you know, it's, and very logical. Uh, from there, I went to Utah State and met Ralph Mon, of course, uh, another great mentor. Uh, he played football for the Lions. He was on the Olympic team as a hammer thrower. At the Battle of Bulge, he got three medals. So, you know, Coach, Coach Mon was the real deal. But, and then, uh, of course, Dave Turner, who was uh, still my Olympic lifting coach, uh, Again, simple stuff, nothing fancy. Put the work in, keep coming back. All my good coaches believed in the, well, Coach Mon said it best, little and often over the long haul. Yeah. Uh, that really, and m- the best coaches I've ever worked with had this ability to just keep you coming back more. Just keep adding, just keep, you know, it's like, you know, we could talk about <laughs> I don't know, any, anything in nutrition or anything in anything, but really w- what makes you great is the ability to do you know, I tell people I was able to retire at 52, and they go, how'd you do it? What's your secret? I said, well, you know, 1981, I saved 10% of my money, and I put it away. And miraculously, it got really big over time. And every <laughs> single person knows that to do that because that's what your high school economics teacher told you. Right. So, uh, but no one does it and there's nothing in every area of life that's valuable. Uh, we call them the, the four F's now in our gym, uh, fitness, finance, food, and relationships. 
that the same truths are always there. Um, mm. It's it's telling your wife you love her every day. It's you know you can't have this intensive parenting moment. It has to be uh, every day, three sixty five, um, on task, doing what you got to do. And twenty years later, you got good kids. Uh, you want uh, my wife and I. This is our thirtieth year of marriage, and uh, we're we're doing well. But it's the same basic stuff as I would I would apply to the weight room or my finances. It's the it's the the what I like to say, and I say it often, is consistency over time equals success. Yeah, no question about that. Yeah, and that's, well, and ha- yeah. that's how, exactly. How, yeah. yeah, and however however long that time looks like, it's whether it's a year, whether it's if you have a goal in mind, or if it's twenty years down the road. If you've been consistent with yeah. any aspect of your life, you're going to see results. Like, you know, obviously, obviously it's the amount of effort you put in and, you know, things like that, yes. it's, you know, all of that, all that's definite also. But I like the, uh, I like the fitness, finance, food and relationships. I, I made a little note of that. Yeah. You know, Tom Plummer always has this joke. He shows a picture of me at his talks and he says, Dan John was an overnight success. It only took him 50 years to get there. <laughs> uh, you know, because people wonder. I mean, so anybody well, now it's different, but there was a long time where you know no one had ever heard of me, and I'd do a, a talk at a conference, and people would always say, "Where's this guy been?" It's like I'd always be like, "Well, right here. I'm right, just, I'm right there." Yeah. I'm just I'm just not very uh, sexy or anything, and I don't. Uh, <laughs> You know, you know, I don't, I don't have a supplement line, or a, you know, I don't promise herbs, or you know, I, I mean, it's my stuff is pretty boring, but it works. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad to hear you say that because I, I, I'd like to think sometime, you know, during my career, you know, fifty, whatever, sixty. Well, I'll be, I'll be ninety-five then. But even if I do make it that long. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to look back and, and have somebody say something similar, like, where's this guy been and how come his stuff is so simple? Because I feel like the same way, the simple things over time always produce the best results. It's when people get into like the, mess, the sticky situations, trying to reinvent the wheel when in fact, we should just be helping people push that same wheel a little bit further. And, mm-hmm. uh, as hokey as it sounds like I, that's kind of what I want to take in my career. So, you know, for me, looking up to somebody like you, and this whole thing's not going to be about me tooting your horn. Like, I don't need to do that, and I'm sure you don't want to hear it. But looking back on someone's career that, that preaches just such simple things, like that's kind of a brush of, of fresh air in, like, the altitude that we live in where, you know, you turn on any kind of info commercial, and you've got, like, the latest and greatest thing, and the people that you work with, they expect that from you. And it's like, uh-huh. uh, it's like well, that's not really what works. Here's what works, and here's why. And, you know, you got to kind of scale it back. But um, I'm I'm really happy to hear you say that. Yeah. Oh, and um, the thing is, not just say it. I, I I try to live it, and uh, and I really try to follow that stuff in my own in my own same life too. Yeah. I I, uh, I try not to. You know, uh, even though I'm 60, I still, you know, at a recent weightlifting meet, I snatched 200 pounds, which is nothing like I could in my early career. But I'm still stepping on the platform, throwing weights overhead. I'm still throwing stuff. And um, I'm still learning. And that's, I think, that's, if there's anything people can learn from me is the idea of, you know, (laughs) T.H. White said it so well, you know, you know, no matter what happens in life, keep learning. 
yep. you know, the, the cure for sadness is to learn something. And I find that very true. Yeah. I think so too. Even if it's something um, that you've, you've known over time and it just like refreshes you mm-hmm. and, uh, and just reassures and reasserts everything that you've done. Yeah. So actually having said that, it's a great segue. What kind of, you can either stick with positive or negatives or both. What kind of positive and negative things have you seen um, maybe in your, your respective sports that you coach and that you, that you, uh, that you participate in and then maybe some, uh, some things like the general fitness area? Well, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if I could go in and coach at the high school or maybe even the college level anymore because of the, uh, the kind of parents that we have now. Oh, really? Uh, and I, I don't, I shouldn't take a, a scythe and cut down every head here, but the truth is, uh, uh, this, this new style of helicopter parenting, uh, parents, I mean, I'll tell you, it's a true story, but it's a standard story I use all the time. I'm at, I'm at a track practice one day and I've got my, my discus throwers doing uh, farmer walks. And because that's how, when I train the throws, we always have farmer walks and maybe, uh, maybe a weightlifting bar or a kettlebell out there. So it's yep. called mixed training. So this dad walks over and goes, huh, doing farmer walks while you're, uh, he goes, I like that. I go, you know, great. He goes, uh, yeah, I read that in a book. I go, what's the book called? And he goes, uh, a country approach. I go, a contrarian approach to discus throw. He goes, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and I go, yeah, I wrote that. That's my book. <laughs> And, and awesome. he, did, he didn't have the decency to look at uh, the author on this one, but that's just, that's, that's just how we, and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but uh, I also had parents scream at me and they would tell me, I don't know anything about college athletics. and be like, you know, I am a division one MVP, no big deal, but I think I know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so that would be number one. I mean, that would be the, the, the big one for me. I'm very, um, and the problem the parents also have is that they, they want everything for their kid, but I'm not sure the kid wants it. And mm-hmm. for me, you know, I, I got to tell you in, in my own, so I'm 60 this year. When my father was 60, I was uh, throwing the discus at Utah State University. And I could only imagine how fun that was for my father. He didn't, he didn't push me along really that hard. I mean, he was always out there happy to return the discuses to me. I always, in fact, it's probably my best memory of my dad is I would throw the discus and he'd pick it up and throw about three feet. And it was actually just as easy for me just to get it myself, but, <laughs> um, but I don't it's care. Awesome. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a memory I'll never let go. Um, but my father just, let me give you another story about my dad. I, I write about this one all the time too, but it's true. Sure. Yeah. So my, my second year of junior college, so I'm a sophomore. So just this, here's what I'm going to be this year for the team. I'm the team captain. I'm going to be the most viable player. I'm going to be a state champion on a state championship team. Okay. Wow. So in other yeah. words, I've got the, I've got the Vita for a pretty good. So my, uh, so my coach, coach Lahati walks up to me and goes, Hey, you know, usually Danny, you know, when coaches are recruiting people, they come talk to me first and I go, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, you know, that guy who comes up to you after the track and it's a guy in the suit. I go, I still don't know what you're talking about. I don't know any coach. And he goes, and then he describes, I go, I go, coach, that's my dad. <laughs> and he, and he said, 
I don't know your father, do I? I go, no. So nope. here, here you are, the head coach of a team. You've got arguably one of your best athletes and, you, and a father who goes to every meet. But my dad didn't want to get in the way and bother the head coach because the head coach. Oh, wow. So that'll tell you a little bit about, about the way I was raised. I don't see that anymore. I just don't see that. The other things, um, well, and this happened probably in 1975 with the publication of the book, Arnold, the Educational Bodybuilder, mm -hmm. is that in my world, bodybuilding has become the worldview, the paradigm of how we train. And it's, it's certainly it's got its value and it's certainly there's nothing wrong with it, but that's not how you become a better sprinter, uh, not how you become a better thrower, not how you become a better most things. Yet, and so I even tell people, never program bench press or curls for boys and never program abs and cardio for women because they'll do it. They'll do it. You don't have to program it. They'll do it. Yeah. Because, and, you know, you can, you, can destroy, you can destroy your athlete and they'll still end up doing arm work at the end of the day. That's true. And so that would be that. And, and it's just not good information for the goal set that most people want. Um, I mean, that's, those, those are, those are the big, I mean, those are the big ones. Um, we still fall in love with huckster, hucksterism in our, in our, uh, in our field. Um, you know, I did a article and it's in my book, never let go, but it's also free online about, I did the history of dieting in America and, uh, you know, Kellogg's the cereal company, he started out as a, as a health, well, you know, don't masturbate. Yeah. Graham, yep. Graham crackers were a health food. Salisbury steak was a health food. Um, we have this long history of things that start off as health food that now are just normal parts of our, of our food chain. Right. And a lot of, I mean, you can go pull out a magazine from the fifties, the forties. And I always look at the ads in the back. In fact, I have, every strength and health. And I have lots of these different magazines and it's fun to watch what they tout as the answer, you know, in the ads, you know, well, we had the same problem over on our side in the weight room, you know, everyone's coming out, you know, pure iron is still the best uh, way to get stronger. And that could be a barbell, a kettlebell, a dumbbell or whatever, a sled yeah, a tool. Right. And yet you'll still see people coming up with these magic devices. And, and honestly, some of the magic has actually, I've been pretty inspired by it. Some of it actually does a good job. Uh, the bands uh, done correctly, uh, chains done correctly. There's some stuff out there that's, that's very impressive. Right. Now, having said that, you know, <laughs> uh, every week some, some other new silly thing comes out and, and that's always the answer to all questions. And it's just simply not. Yeah. You, you know, do you, do you find that the, the tools that come out that seem to have the most friction are often the most ridiculous and the easiest to use? Like, for, for instance, there, there's this, there's this, I don't know if you ever watched Shark Tank, but one of the women on there always talks about this board that you stand on and you just swivel your hips back and forth. And I always think to myself, like, that's the modern day version of like the shake belt back in like the 1940s when yeah. you wrap the belt. And I'm just like, that's, I get it. But, and I understand there's, you know, there's definitely most of the things that we use minus like that, the shake belt type deal. Um, they're, they're tools, right? They're tools and used properly. 
they can achieve X, Y, and Z. But uh, I just I often find that the, the ones that are that are really the most useful aren't that popular. Right. Well, I mean, just go to the gym and count the people doing front squats. Um, yeah. That'll give you an idea because I think the front squat uh, for for mobility for all those things that most people want, it's a one stop shop. But you'll yeah. never see people do it. But no, and you still. You know, that's the nice thing. I have such a collection of books and magazines through the years that once you do start to see what works, you'll see that it works every decade, every generation. And it just the truth keeps repeating itself. Having said that, I mean, I push my athletes. Okay, so I sleep, I go to bed about eight o'clock, eight or nine at the latest, okay? Mm-hmm. And then I get up at six. Uh, today I took a half an hour nap uh, because it seemed appropriate. But Shame on you. <laughs> I, think, I think sleep is the answer to most issues when it comes to recovery. Yeah, Okay. Def- definitely. How much can I make on telling your audience to sleep? Not much. Okay, I think that water, veggies, and protein are the three biggest. You can't do any better than those three when it comes to uh, nutrition. And yet water is free, and I can't compete with the farms for veggies and, and protein, okay? Yep. So, again, I can't make any money off of that. When it comes to training, I think the best thing you can do, most people, is just go for a damn walk. Now, if you, I wear vests, a weight vest when I walk. I, wear, I have a 40-pound weight vest. Uh, so, okay, wear, okay, and then get your backpack and put some books or iron or bottles of water in it and go for a walk. Walking with a walking with a load is probably the best thing most people can do, but it's just not very sexy, and I can't sell it. Right. From there, if you just did planks like the push-up position plank, um, the, the the glute bridge, the hip thrust plank, uh, the goblet squat, which is a moving plank, and then farmer walks, which is a walking plank, I'm not sure I give can give you a better program. Yeah, the rucking, which is the loaded backpack, that little family of planks is pretty okay is it great no it's pretty darn good though okay and from there everything on top of all that is just yeah helpful yeah but you don't make any money on in anything i just said no you're right Uh, you know i was just reading this thing today about uh, autophagy which is the cells replacing themselves and the best thing you can do is fast occasionally well yeah yeah how much money i mean or take this magic pill that I can give you or I can, I can sell to you. Well, we, we know that fasting is just amazing. We know that. And yep. yet you're not going to make any money telling your, your, your people to, to fast. Are you following where I'm heading here? A hundred percent. I am. Okay. Well, it's funny that you say that because right now fasting is like the, the, the craze, but like, you know, to go back a little bit, Bodybuilders have been doing it since, you know, they've started bodybuilding. Humans have been fasting. Like the whole point of sleeping at night and then having quote unquote breakfast. Breakfast is not, doesn't necessarily mean as soon as you wake up in the morning, you got to eat something. It's Mm -hmm. when you break your fast. Right. And it's, it's been built into our society, but now people are making money off of it because it's flashy and sexy and you can put it in a book and sell it and say, Hey, guess (laughs) what? Um, you know, fasting is the new greatest thing. No, fasting has always been there or, you know, I mean, you know what? I, I bet I bet you in another, let's say, 50 years, um, 
something's going to pop up and all of a sudden machines, strength like Nautilus machines are going to be the best thing ever. Well, they're, they're the most recent, like, you know, overall invention we've had. And they're, like, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old. It's just these things come in like these big cycles. And mm -hmm. it's like all of a sudden these no brainers become like the ultimate. It just it blows my mind. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, basic stuff, but all true. Yeah. And well, but that's true about everything in life. I mean, exactly. You know, uh, every great, you know, I was telling somebody the other day about the, the great story from the, the Arthurian legend, Sir, Sir Parsifal, you know, and he goes on this long journey to find something. And he finds out at the end of this 10 years, 20 years of wandering, it's always been right there. It's always been right there. And uh, the truth, folks, is right there. You just, I mean, you can go all over the world and eat all these weird little herbs and all these different things, but the truth is, it's right there. Yeah. 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 The, I, and to, to tag on to your, uh, your programming, well, I usually tell people, make sure you're pushing something, you're pulling something, and you carry something. And, uh, and yeah. honestly, I, and I literally just added on the carry within the past couple of weeks after talking to a friend, and I was like, yeah, you know what? That actually makes total sense because I've always said, make sure you're pushing something, make sure you're pulling something. Uh, for upper body and lower body and then mm -hmm. he said what about carrying and i'm like oh yeah that actually makes total sense um so so, so to tag along that uh it's another great segue you're great at segues by the way uh what what advice would you have for an upcoming uh a coach that's maybe getting just getting their feet wet oh that's easy um i, I kind of tell people to basically think of three levels and start First off, you got to know the stuff. I mean, you got to know calisthenics. You got to know your body weight family. You got to know your tumbling family. You got to know your probably your kettlebells, the basics of dumbbells, the basics of barbells. You should at least have some, you know, some level of knowledge of the power lifts. It would be very nice if you knew about the Olympic lifts. It'd be very nice if you understood basic gymnastics. You got to have some rungs to hang on to in nutrition and supplements and uh, recovery. Okay. So that's yeah. the foundation. Uh, do, I mean, even if you just have three bullet points for each thing, that's cool. By the way, if it's three, by God, if you have three bullet points, bless you, you're doing great. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, veggies, protein, water. I mean, that's what they told us in the training center. And I still, that's all I ever tell people, veggies, water, protein, you know, um, from there, then you have to understand, first you have to understand the how to do this stuff. Then you could talk about the whys a little bit, but I don't even worry about the why that much. That'd be programming and sticking it all together. Because sometimes, like for example, if you follow the system, you know, I teach, um, sometimes you're, you're, you're having people do a workout and the workout only lasts 15 minutes. Yeah. And, and then the person will say, why am I making, why am I having success? Well, because you're, you're doing three sets of eight in the military press. You're doing three sets of eight in the pull-up. You're, you're deadlifting double body weight. You're doing goblet squats mixed with farmer walks for six minutes. And we really can't do much else. That, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, that's and great. So that, and then you spend the next 23 hours and 45 minutes you know, drinking water, eating veggies, taking your protein, sleeping, having a good life. And all of a sudden, in a few months, you look better, you feel better, you move better. So 
don't worry so much about the why, but as long as you're following the rules, you're fine. And then the, the top of the pyramid is this, and there's two words. It worked. I base my career on it worked. Um, we look back on a program in 1996, I produced three national champions, which is very good in America. Okay. And I had this very simple program. I look, I, and I, at my workshops, I'll, I'll, I'll put it up and I'll say, okay, listen, this is all it was. This is it. And of course you see people in the audience go, uh, and then I'll realize that none of them can teach the snatch, the clean, the squat. So it, it, even though it's not very complex, it's still, there is a high buy-in on it, okay? Um, but if it worked, we stick with it. And so I'm considered a contrarian only because I do what works and I keep coming back to what works. If it worked, we keep doing it. And I'm going to do it more than you. And I'm going to do it more than all my competition. We're going to keep coming back to this and coming back to this. I remember I had a parent complain one time that when I was coaching football, my play selection was boring. And I thought, did you look at your kids? We're the smallest, slowest scrawnies. We're the shittiest athletes I've ever seen in my life. And we're, and we're still winning games. It's because we're doing what works for us. Like, for example, <laughs> we ran an option offense but never went to the left because our quarterback couldn't pitch that way. So I felt there was no value at all. And even all we ever did was turn the ball over going to the left. So we just loaded everything up, and it just became – I, I'm probably getting too complex here, but the point no, no, is, no. I get it. I get it. I stuck with what worked. It yeah. works. And until, until we we're slamming it down people's throats. And I mean, everybody knew that on the first play of the game, we were going to do a trick play and try to score. Everybody knew it, but it didn't matter. It worked, you know? So those are the three first really get yourself to know what's going on in the world of movement, nutrition, basic recovery. Then have the courage to get yourself down, minimalize that something into those three bullet points or whatever. And then when you find stuff that works, keep coming back to it, keep coming back to it, keep coming back to it. You know, what's really funny is everything you just said is basically um, kind of like your overall theme is it's exactly the same thing in every aspect of life. If it works, if it works, why stop? Especially if you become very good at it, then keep doing that. There's, there's no need to, uh, to change something that you're extremely good at. In fact, it's almost probably better, like you said with, with the quarterback, like drop what you're not good at. Don't stop focusing on the small things that you're not good at and just become excellent at the things you're already good at. I like that approach, at least. I, I think that's – I think, I, think um, I mean, for us, like this podcasting thing for – um, someone who's a writer, someone who is an, an athlete, like get extremely good and stop worrying about the stuff that, that you think you need to get better on. I think that is sometimes yeah. can, can really hinder a person. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, I spent, well, I still teach, you know, I'm a professor over at St. Mary's uh, University of Twickenham, London, and I, and I work for Columbia College of Missouri uh, uh, teaching religious studies. So, I, I'm, you know, in religious studies and strength and conditioning, and people ask me about teaching, and I always say, well, <laughs> you, you tell a story, you show a picture, you ask questions, and you give them something, something to memorize. 
And the things I have my students memorize are in strength and conditioning are push, pull, hinge, squat, load, and carry. I mean, it's that simple. And, oh, that's funny. And uh, people say, well, that's, is that what teaching is? I go, yeah, that's, that's, that's what teaching's been for the last, well, since humans sat around campfires. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And uh, so everything, everything in life comes down to, uh, I tell people, you know, master the fundamentals, master yep. the basics, yes. get, get phenomenal at the basics and good things will happen. Oh and my yeah, gosh, yeah. Yeah. And if you, and remember, if you need help, you go to somebody who thinks that uh, brain surgery is basic. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or, you know, appendicitis operations are basics and fundamentals. Oh, I got that. Don't worry. I've done this a hundred times. Okay. Um, you know, I don't want to go to some place that the guy's looking at a YouTube video and how to do an appendectomy, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's, that makes total sense. And I, I think I've, I haven't said that verbatim, but I've definitely used some similar verbiage. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, just do it. Do what you're very good at. If you can't, if you, if you're not, then find somebody else who does to learn from. And, exactly, uh, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm a, I'm also a teacher at uh, Cincinnati state for a personal training business course. And I like that. I never really thought of, and I, I gotta tell you, I've only done it for one semester and I yeah. think I was a, and I think I was a pretty shitty teacher to be honest with you <laughs> because yeah. I feel like if you put those 15 students in a gym with me and said, I want you to train all of them individually, like as individuals, but in a group, I'd be like, no problem. I got it. But putting me in front of those 15 people and having me try to teach them how to run a personal training business was like, I hope I don't get fired for saying this, but I, and I, I think I did an okay job, but mm -hmm. I know I, I know I can do better. And I wrote down how you just said, tell a story, show a picture, ask a question, give me something to memorize. Because I know those are building blocks that you can extrapolate from. Yeah. And that makes total sense. And, and I, I really appreciate that. That's, uh, you know, I'll go on, I'll go on to these little, or I'll get little emails from people that someone said something mean to me on a, on a forum. First off, if you're on some hidden forum and you're ripping on me, yeah, come on, you're such a loser. Yeah. But, and sometimes all he ever does is tell stories. Well, it's like, well, yeah. And so did Socrates and so did Jesus of Nazareth. And so did every great teacher in history, uh, except for uh, Merlin in the sword and stone. He turned uh, young King Arthur uh, into animals. So, but I yeah, I don't have that skill set. So, I, awesome. uh, as, as, until I can do that, I won't. Uh, I won't be. That'll be about two years from now. Yeah, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> that's a, that's another solid reference. Um, well, Dan, this has been this has been a, a pleasure, and um, I really appreciate you spreading some good knowledge. And well, thank you. Um, and I I want to share this with everybody else too, and I can't wait for that. So. If, uh, if anybody else has any questions, comments, concerns, maybe about things that we haven't discussed, where's the best place to get a hold of you? Uh, DanJohn.net. Now, if you wouldn't mind, you know when I email you, I've got that little list of things at the bottom, like where my Q&A page is and stuff yeah. like that. Yep. Why don't you just hook that on to the note? Just cop and paste that on. and That'll, get everybody, that'll get everybody as many yeah, way, way too many Dan John moments, okay? Okay, I got it. Fill in signature. I'll just put that in the email. Perfect. Awesome, Dan. Well, look, I, again, I appreciate it. I hope you have a, good, a great rest of your day, and we'll oh, talk to you very soon. Hey, well, thanks so much. This was very good. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor. <laughs>